Welcome to the Danny Picard Show on this Thursday, September 14th, 2017. Broadcasting from the Beantown Athletics Studio, Beantown Athletics, Boston's number one source for screen printing and embroidery. Today's show is presented by DraftKings. You can play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using my promo code PIC. That's P-I-C. Today's show is also presented by Adams Corner Butcher Shop and Cafe in Dorchester. And as I told you last week, my studio is right down the street. So I'll be stopping by on my way home today to stock up and grab a whole lot of food for week number two in the NFL, which begins tonight. Houston in Cincinnati for Thursday night football. And week two ends on Monday night with Detroit in New York against the Giants for Monday night football. Somewhere in between, of course, we have the Patriots and the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans Sunday at one. So you're going to need a lot of food for this week. At least I know I will. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go with the steak tips, some chicken, and a couple sausages. Yeah, let's go with a couple sausages. Those sausages are seasoned with spices straight from Ireland. And speaking of Ireland, if you haven't been to Adam's Corner Butcher Shop and Cafe for their Irish breakfast, then I simply don't know what you're waiting for. Whether you want to stock your fridge or eat in their cafe, everything is made to order with the freshest ingredients This place is an absolute staple in Boston, so stop in today on Adams Corner in Dorchester and let Jeannie and Gordon take care of you for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Adams Corner Butcher Shop and Cafe. Make sure you tell them I sent you. Here we go. Week two in the NFL begins tonight. I will close out the show with Picks Picks for week two. As I do every Thursday, I give you five games with the spread. I went two and three last week. I only got two games right out of the five games that I picked, but um, I just missed a couple of them. I was literally three points away uh, here and there from going four and one. So I still felt good about my picks in week one, and I don't think I would have done anything different. And I have my week two picks right in front of me, so I'll give you that. I'll also give you my DraftKings Gotta Have Them Play of the Week for the Sunday slate in which every Thursday I give you one player that you gotta have, that you have to have in your DraftKings lineup for the Sunday slate, the games that begin at 1 o'clock, so I'll get to that as well. Uh, Just real quick, something I gotta get off my chest. Last night I did watch the Red Sox lose to the Oakland A's at Fenway. Now, they'll be playing the rubber match of this three-game series this afternoon on this Thursday afternoon at Fenway. Uh, By the time you listen to the show, that game might be ongoing. That game might be over. I have no idea. But uh, the Red Sox should win today. They should be able to take two of three, at least from Oakland. As I told you, they should have taken two of three from Tampa Bay in the previous series, which they did. As I told you, they should have taken two of three from the Toronto Blue Jays in the series before that, which they did, which would mean if they win win today, they take six of their last nine against three teams in three different series that they should take at least six of nine against. So the Red Sox enter in today's game. They have a three-game lead over the New York Yankees for first place in the AL East. But uh, last night, you know, the... I guess the story that I'm hearing a lot of people talk about, I'm seeing a lot of people tweet about, is the sign that was hung over the green monster in the middle of the game that read, and it was a huge sign. I mean, if you've been on Twitter, you've seen it, you've seen the image of it. 
Uh, and the sign said, quote, racism is as American as baseball, end quote. That was the sign. It was a, what, a black sign with white font, um, huge letters. It was a huge sign. I have no idea how they got the fucking thing into the building, first of all. I mean, that was my first question. Like, how did they get this thing into Fenway? Who is working security at Fenway? I mean, if anything, I look at this thing and I, I think I maybe fear for my life in that building now. I used to feel comfortable at Fenway. Well, if you're able to sneak in a sign this size of that by security, um, you know, what else is being snuck in there? Holy shit. Can we not allow something like that into the building? I don't care what it says. How do you sneak something like that in? It's crazy to me. They must have, they must have known someone, right? That was working the, they must have known someone. That was, that was working the gate. That was working security. It's the only thing I can think of. Because I don't think any security guard is that stupid to let that... Th- it just makes no sense how they got the thing into the building. But since they did, they got up to the Green Monster. They're in the front row of the Green Monster. They, they send that thing down. And, and the banner goes right down probably... I don't know, like maybe almost midway to the midway point of the Green Monster. It was a big sign. And it says, racism is as American as baseball. First of all, I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I'm confused. Like, it's a confusing sign. Like, it, are these people anti-racism? Or, I mean, are they are they pro-racism? Because they maybe they enjoy baseball? It's America's pastime? And, you know, I, I, don't, I don't even know what the fucking point of this sign was. So I don't even get the message that's trying to be sent there. All I know is that everybody and their mother's talking about it today. And uh, my takeaway from it is... Not only do I not even know what they were trying to, to the point that they were trying to get across, I, I really have no idea, but also, what happened to just going to a baseball game and enjoying the fucking game? What happened to that? Like, when, when did we stop going to ball games to enjoy a game? When did we start going to baseball games uh, to, to send some type of social message to the world? When did, like, I don't get it. You got a ticket, you go to the ball game, there's a lot of people that are going to the game for one reason. To enjoy a fucking baseball game. You should be going there to do that too. What, what's wrong with that? Is there anything wrong with that? No. That's the only thing you should be trying to do in there. So, um, I just, I, honestly, to me, my message to these people who came in with a sign and, and wanted to throw it over the green monster, um, go enjoy the fucking game. How about that? Go enjoy the game. You want to spread a message somewhere? Fine. Be my guest. But, I mean, you shouldn't even have been allowed in, into the building with that sign. I don't care what it said. Anything that large, a, a, a sign. It could, be, could have been used as a weapon for all anybody knows. I mean, holy shit. Uh, but that, that's a tough story. And the storylines the last couple days, you know, if you've, been, if you've logged on to Twitter, I just, you know, the Jameel Hill stuff. Then you had the kid on Monday Night Football who had the worst sideline report that I have ever seen in my entire life. But those things, like, I honestly, like, I, I, I'm done hearing about them. I don't get worked up. The, the Jameel Hill thing, she can tweet whatever the fuck she wants. I mean, my takeaway with Jameel Hill has always been, I just don't really think she's that good at what she does. Regardless, if, if, if she was white, black, Asian, it doesn't matter. I, that doesn't matter to me. When I when I talk about Jamil Hill, or when I've ever said anything about her, and I don't even know that I have, 
But, you know, you have conversations. People talk about ESPN. They talk about SportsCenter. I mean, my biggest beef with SportsCenter, especially at 6 o'clock, is that, you know, it always, it always to me was something that I needed to see because I wanted to see the top sports story of the day. And I wanted to see the reaction that wasn't necessarily opinion related. Like, oh, breaking news. We got a big trade. Let's go down to so-and-so on the scene to see what's going on. Like, I, I went this for the facts, not the opinions. Instead, you got a show there now at 6 o'clock that's all opinions. Like, that's the problem, I think, with places like ESPN. And, all right, we'll just call it ESPN for right now because, you know, they're the biggest national brand that's out there. And so I say the same thing about Sunday Night Baseball. You know, those three clowns in that booth for Sunday Night Baseball, they turn it into a sports talk show. Oh, my God. I, if I wanted a sports talk show, I know where to go. I go to sports talk radio. Um, I go to some of those, you know, knuckleheads who do the split screen yelling back and forth like the Stephen A. Smith, Max Kellerman. And I mean, I don't really go to them, but I'm, I'm just telling you, those are the options that you have. You know, you have plenty of options, right? You do. You have plenty of options on that front. So, um, with that said, if I want to go watch a baseball game on Sunday night, I do not want to have to listen to a sports talk show with it. Just give me the play-by-play and a little color commentary here and there. That's it. But ESPN doesn't want to do that now. They want to get into the world of opinions on every single show. I get news to them. A lot of us tune into the 6 o'clock sports center to get highlights. A lot of us tune into the 6 o'clock sports center to see the top story of the day without an opinion. As crazy as that might sound. I mean, I miss the day where I used to be able to sit there and I used to be able to watch SportsCenter so many times in a row that I could recite what was going to happen on the fifth, <laughs> the fifth time around. I miss those days. I really do. Uh, so they don't give that to us anymore. Instead, it's all opinionated. And I mean, to be honest with you, like I watch, like I just, I, I just don't think Jameel Hill's good. Like I don't. And uh, it has nothing to do with something that she tweets. It has nothing to do with anything about racism in America. It's just... Like, I don't go to her for an opinion, so why would you put her on the biggest stage in the biggest time slot to, to, to let her give her opinion to the world? I just, that is mind-boggling to me. And so, I mean, I don't know, does anybody, do, do people like that, that show? I have no idea. Here's, what I, here's also what I know. I mean, ESPN's never hiring me. They're not going to hire me. They're just not. And you know what the first thing they would probably say is? Oh, the Boston accent. You can't have it. That's the first thing they'd probably say. You know, you wouldn't hire me. I look. I'm not saying that I I'd be I do a good job on 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 those in those seats that I just gave you, uh, Jamel Hills, or even the kid doing the sideline report. Though I I do know I I probably do a better job of that sideline report than that kid. But uh, you know, just for instance, like I've always thought, you know, why wouldn't they want a fresh Boston voice for Around the Horn, right? I've always loved that show. Uh, that's a show where you do go to to get opinions from people who cover the who cover sports, who, who cover the league, uh, different leagues, you know, in, from different cities. Like, why wouldn't you want a, a, a fresh take or or fresh uh, Boston perspective, right? Because I mean, think about it. Look at all the teams we have that are having so much success in this town. There's no question. When any, whenever anything happens in this city, it's a huge deal. And um, yet, 
for someone like myself, who is really one of the only ones in the media who's actually from the city of Boston, you know, the first thing that someone like ESPN would say to me is, uh, you gotta, you know, you gotta lose the accent. You can't sound like you're from Boston. You gotta lose maybe some of that Boston edge, too. I mean, you know that's what they would fucking say to me. ESPN isn't hiring me. You know what? I'm not necessarily applying for a job there. So, um, all of that said, those seem to be the biggest news stories of, of the week for some unknown reason, but I like to give my take on this show about the biggest news in sports, not the biggest news about the people who talk about sports. Get what I'm saying? So let's get to it. Uh, Getting away from baseball, let's get to football. It's a football Thursday. We begin week two tonight. And by the way, tonight, the Cincinnati Bengals are a six and a half point favorite. Now, it's mainly because they're at home, but also because they're playing the Houston Texans who are going to Turned to rookie Deshaun Watson. Watson came in to release Savage of his quarterback duties in week one. Houston lost to Jacksonville. It was in Houston in week one. Uh, They're going to stick with Watson, which is the right decision for the Texans. But I don't know how good they're going to be. I don't think they're going to be too good uh, this season, offensively at least. So, um, you know, part of the reason Cincinnati is a favorite and a a 6.5-point favorite at home tonight on Thursday Night Football is because they're playing Houston in Cincy, but I mean, here's the deal. Have you, have you ever seen a team that gets shut out in, in one week and the next week they're a six and a half point favorite? I, I don't know that I've ever seen that. Cincinnati got shut out by the Baltimore Ravens in week one. I, I mean, I don't know that I've ever seen a team get shut out and then come the next week and be a six and a half point favorite. But uh, we're seeing it tonight, Thursday night football. But just the local perspective, the local angle in this town. I know most of my listeners are from Boston, from New England, or at least if you do live outside of Boston, New England, you're, you're, you're curious about the New England Patriots. Well, the Patriots storyline is that, you know, they suffered a tough loss in week one on Thursday night, last Thursday at home against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now they go to New Orleans. And the Patriots have plenty of questions, you know, internally. On their defense, on their offense, they got injuries all over the place. Amendola has the concussion. Dante Hightower has the, what's it, an MCL sprain in the knee, knee injury. Who knows what their status is going to be for this game on Sunday at 1 o'clock in New Orleans. But, you know, when when you're making a pick for this game or when you're going to preview this Patriots-Saints game, I think the first thing you also have to do is, if you're going back to week one, let's acknowledge, and I wrote this in a column for the Boston Metro today, it was in today's Metro newspaper, let's acknowledge that the Kansas City Chiefs, that beat, a team that beat the Patriots at Gillette, 42-27 last week in week one, the Chiefs, who outscored the Patriots 21-0 in the fourth quarter, this is a Kansas City team that's pretty damn good. All right, they are. They're pretty damn good. I don't know how you can ignore that. You shouldn't ignore it. The Chiefs are a very good football team. They got a nice defense. They got an above-average quarterback. They've been to the playoffs for two straight years. They won their division last year. They were the number two seed in the AFC last year behind the Patriots. The Chiefs are a good football team. I don't know how you can't 
uh, acknowledge that when you're trying to analyze last week's game. And in fact, if like I told you earlier in the week on, on the previous podcast this week, if you look at the entire week one in the NFL, what team looked the best? I think Kansas City looked like the best team in football. I don't even think that's up for debate. So uh, the Patriots, they didn't lose to a bunch of stiffs. So that should make you feel better. Makes me feel better. The other thing is when you look back to week one, the New Orleans Saints on Monday night in Minnesota, they lost to the Vikings. The Saints scored a late touchdown that maybe made the score look closer than than the game actually was. The Saints have issues. You know, one, they traded Brandon Cooks to the Patriots. Uh, Two, you know, their defense is horrible. The Saints had the worst pass defense in the NFL last year. And what I saw Monday night was a defense that didn't look like it got better. A pass defense that didn't look like it got better in the Saints' pass defense. Sam Bradford, he threw for over, what, he threw for over 300 yards, and he threw three touchdowns. And if Sam Bradford is good, what was he, 27 to 32 or some, something crazy? Only four or five incompletions? I mean, if Sam Bradford... It looks like that against New Orleans. Then what's Tom Brady going to look like against the Saints? Especially against the Saints team that's now on a short week, right? Saints play the Monday night game. It's a short week. Patriots still, even with all the offensive injuries, uh, you know, without Edelman, and now it's, you know, Amendola. Who knows what what we're going to see out of him? I, I would actually, I would say that we don't see Amendola. But even if you, you know, if you don't, they, the Patriots still have Cooks. They still have Chris Hogan. They still have Rob Gronkowski. And they still have a running game that, I mean, honestly, they got three or four guys back there that can, you know, they can spread the field, you know, dump off passes. They can even line up on the outside, become wide receivers. I mean, this is still, I think, a high-powered offense. And if you can get the protection up front, you know, which I think is something that will improve as the weeks go on with the offensive line, the Patriots' offense is going to be just fine. And then if you're looking at the defense and say, well, how's the Patriots' defense going to fix some of their issues and now try and stop Drew Brees in New Orleans, which can be a tough task. Uh, you know, I, I still think, all right, you lose Hightower. Who knows how long he's going to be out for? But let's say you lose him for an extended period of time. I think the Patriots' secondary is so good where they can fix some of the communication issues, right? Gilmore, Malcolm Butler, you know, I think with McCourty back there, I just think the secondary is too good to not fix the communication issues. And if there's one thing I know in the NFL, it's that you can fix those defensive issues. And it all plays in to my my ultimate thought, which is that the Patriots are going to be just fine, and they're going to be just fine in New Orleans Sunday at 1 o'clock, but mainly because I just think Tom Brady should carve up the New Orleans Saints pass defense. He should. That's what, that's what he should do. And, and the Patriots should win. Now, the Patriots opened as a six-point favorite before New Orleans even played Monday night. Then New Orleans played. They lost. It was seven points. Patriots were a seven-point favorite for a couple days. And uh, now, today, on Thursday, Patriots are a six-and-a-half-point favorite. I will tell you this. I guess I'll tease my picks. I'm not, the Patriots are not in picks picks for me. I would say stay away from this spread. Because while I do think it could be high scoring, and Vegas obviously thinks so too by giving this game a 56, an over-under of 56, which is the highest over-under in Week 2, 
Um, while it could be high scoring, and I do believe the Patriots will win because they'll be ready to play this game. The coaching staff will have them ready to play this game, regardless of the personnel. Uh, I do believe Patriots will win. I, I'm just not so confident that they're going to cover. But the minus 6.5 instead of 7 would lean me towards maybe taking the Patriots at minus 6.5 instead of the Patriots minus 7. Ultimately, though, I'd take Patriots to win. Uh, take them, you know, money line if it's even worth it for you. But uh, the spread, I'm going to stay away from Patriots Saints spread at minus 6.5. Patriots a 6.5 point favorite on the road. But Patriots will win this game. That That's my prediction. I think it'll be high scoring, and I think the Patriots will win. So uh, there you go. That's what we have. That's the, the local angle, the local perspective on some things. And uh, from a national perspective, I mean, we got every team playing. Every team is going to be playing week one. You had a couple buys because Miami and Tampa Bay, obviously dealing with the hurricane, they could not play. So they're going to make up that game against each other in, what is it, week 11 because they both have the same bye week. So you got 16 games. Every team's playing. Again, begins tonight, Houston in Cincinnati. Then you got tennis Sunday at 1. Here are the Sundays, Sunday games at 1 o'clock. Tennessee in Jacksonville. Cleveland in Baltimore, Buffalo in Carolina, I mentioned the Patriots in New Orleans, Arizona in Indianapolis, Philadelphia in Kansas City, which is going to be a very good game, Minnesota in Pittsburgh, which is going to be another good one, Uh, Chicago in Tampa Bay, and then the 4 o'clocks, Miami going to the West Coast in LA to take on the Chargers. Then you got the Jets on the West Coast in Oakland taking on the Raiders. Then at 425, you have Washington in L.A. taking on the Rams. Dallas is in Denver at 425 taking on the Broncos. San Francisco is in Seattle taking on the Seahawks. That's not a place that San Fran wants to go after only scoring three points in week one. And you got on Sunday Night Football, Green Bay in Atlanta to take on the Falcons. And Monday Night, Detroit in New York against the Giants. So that's what the schedule looks like for week two. And so it is time to give you some picks. Let's begin with the first one. Uh, First and foremost, every week this season, I'm going to give you my DraftKings gotta have them play of the week. I'll give you one guy that you gotta have for the upcoming weekend in the NFL for the Sunday slate. I know there's a couple different things you can do, but I'm just talking about the Sunday slate, the games that begin at 1 o'clock. That's the the biggest tournament of the weekend. So um, that's what I'll give you. DraftKings, got to have them. Play of the week for week two and the Sunday slate. Let's get to it. Uh, And I should let you know, though, first, that DraftKings is hosting a $100,000 pick'em contest this weekend, this Sunday, that is free to enter. Pick'em is the newest way to play one-week fantasy football, and here's how you play. DraftKings has organized players into eight different tiers, and all you have to do is select one player from each tier. In Pick'em, there's no salary cap, so the smaller player pools mean you only draft from the players you know. The best part is you get to draft a new team every week without any commitment whatsoever. So what are you waiting for? Go to DraftKings.com right now or download their app and play for free with my promo code PICK. That's P-I-C. And my week two play. My week two, gotta have them. 
You gotta have Oakland Raiders quarterback Derek Carr. That's right. The Oakland Raiders host the New York Jets on Sunday, and um, I just think this is this is a simple analysis, really, because Derek Carr, you know what type of quarterback he is. Um, you know what he provides. You know the type of weapons that he has, and the fact that they're coming home. It's their home opener. Oakland won their week one game in Tennessee, caught through two touchdowns, no interceptions in that week one win in Tennessee over a very good, a win, by the way, against a a very good Tennessee Titans team. I have the Titans winning their division this year. I think the Titans are going to bounce back with a win over the Jaguars in week two. But to go into Tennessee and win that game, that's a, that's a tough game to play for Oakland to begin the season. That, that's a nice win for Oakland. And, and it showed you that last year was no fluke. Oakland's going to be for real. I have the Raiders winning their division this year. And Derek Carr, you got to have him. He's the fifth most expensive QB this week on DraftKings at 7200 behind the most expensive quarterback, Brady, Tom Brady, at 7900 then Drew Brees, then Matt Ryan, then Aaron Rodgers, and then the fifth most expensive Derek Carr at 7,200. You gotta have him. Again, the Jets are no good. They lost to the Bills in week one. What do the Jets have? Anything? And and since it's, an, again, an East Coast team going to the West Coast, that's just something else they have good the Jets. That's something else the Jets have going against them. I just think Derek Carr's, he's poised to have a big day uh, on Sunday. Derek Carr, I think he's going to throw maybe four touchdown passes, and he's not the most expensive quarterback, which is which helps, which is nice. I won't lie, I was thinking about going with Carson Palmer here. Uh, Carson Palmer and the Arizona Cardinals are in Indianapolis. They're in Indy. So uh, that could be a game in which Arizona explodes, but you lose da- they lose David Johnson with the wrist injury. He's out for an extended period. That's a that's a big blow to the Arizona Cardinals offense. So that and with Carson Palmer going on the road, eh, I just I, I wasn't confident in it. Not as confident as I am in Derek Carr, who's a little more expensive than Carson Palmer, but I do think it'll be worth it. Derek Carr, you gotta have him. He is my DraftKings gotta have him play for week number two in the NFL. And again, you could play for free with my promo code PICK. That's P. I see, and I will wrap up the show uh, with my picks for week two. Five games with the spread every Thursday. It's a segment we call Picks Picks. What are we waiting for? Let's get right to it. Hit the music. Picks Picks for week two is brought to you by Molinari's Pizzeria in Dorchester. This place is what it's all about, folks. A family-owned Italian restaurant right in the middle of the neighborhood. We get Molinari's here at Beantown Athletics all the time. It's right down the street. Uh, You know, we have somebody swing by, grab a couple subs, grab a couple sandwiches. This place is phenomenal. You have to go in there, again, right on Adams Corner, right on Adams Street in Dorchester. And... It's just, it's one of those places, you know how you walk into a couple Italian restaurants and and they can be intimidating? Well, not at Molinari's. Sit at a table, sit at the bar, or even order something to go. From appetizers and salads to sandwiches and house-made pasta dishes to their delicious wood oven specialty pizzas, Molinari's has everything you could possibly want. And if you do choose to dine in, make sure you wash it all down with a glass of wine or a cold beer. Check out their menu right now at molinarispizzeria.com. 
And when you do stop in, make sure you tell them I sent you and stick around after my picks. I will tell you what my go-to order at Molinari's is. So, a little, little tease for you if you really want to know what to get uh, when you do go to Molinari's in Dorchester. Let's get to it. Pick number one for week two. I'm going with the Tennessee Titans as a two-point favorite over the Jacksonville Jaguars. And my eyes lit up when I first saw this spread. This game is going to be Sunday at 1 o'clock, uh, and it's in Jacksonville. Uh, so the Titans going on the road, but they're a favorite on the road, and they should be. And I'm surprised they're not more of a favorite uh, than just a two-point favorite. I told you the Tennessee Titans coming off a week one loss to the Oakland Raiders. It was in Tennessee, but I do not think that's a loss. Tennessee, I don't, I don't think that's a loss the Titans should be hanging their heads over. You know, that's a good Oakland team they lost to, and I think the Titans are going to bounce back. I have the Titans winning their division. So to win your division, you got to beat a team like Jacksonville. And look, Jacksonville, they're coming off a week one win. They went into Houston and beat the Texans, a game in which last week I thought Houston was not just going to win, but I thought it was going to win big, given the inspiration factor there with Hurricane Harvey. Uh, that was not the case. Jacksonville ends up winning that game, but you know what? Came at a price. Jaguars receiver Allen Robinson tore his ACL, and he will miss the rest of the season. The Jaguars cannot afford to, to take any more hits. They cannot afford to lose any more players like that. But you know what? Even if they don't, I just still don't think, even with Leonard Fournette, even with Fournette, if he has a beast season, which it's looking like he could, I still don't think the Jaguars have enough to be serious contenders this year. And uh, that said, with me picking the Titans to win the division, and they lost to a very good Raiders team. I think the Titans get their first win. I think they go on the road. I think they go into Jacksonville. And if they win in this game, they're going to win it by at least three, which means, guess what? They would cover a two-point favorite. That's it. I'm jumping all over the Tennessee Titans, minus two over Jacksonville. And then we are going with the Pittsburgh Steelers, minus five and a half over the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, the Steelers, this is their home opener. Uh, they return home after defeating the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland by just three points. They only beat Cleveland by three points. I was a little shocked by that. I was also a little shocked by Le'Veon Bell's poor performance in which he only rushed for 32 yards on, what, 10 carries in week one? Well, Le'Veon Bell should be able to bounce back. Uh, and, and the home cooking should help Pittsburgh, should help Le'Veon Bell. And I do think the Steelers will beat Minnesota. Now, Minnesota is a much better team than Cleveland, obviously, and the Vikings are coming off a big Monday night football win, but it's a short week for them. They got to go on the road to Pittsburgh, and um, you know what? I think Pittsburgh's defense, obviously better than New Orleans' defense, and the short week combined with Pittsburgh getting this game at home, just seeing Le'Veon Bell struggle last week, or at least not have a, have a huge performance, I'm expecting more out of him. And I expect it, even against the defense like Minnesota's. So uh, I'm going with Pittsburgh, and I'm going, them to, I'm going with them to win this one. And maybe they just barely cover, but they will cover. I'm taking the Steelers minus five and a half. Then, well, kind of teased this already with my Derek Carr pick, but I'm going with the Oakland Raiders. This could be a little tricky, given the fact that the Raiders are a 13 and a half point favorite at home over the New York Jets. Look. The spread here is high, and but for good reason, right? For good reason. The Jets are brutal. Oakland's at home, 
And I, Oakland's one of the best teams in the league. Can we call them that? They are one of the best teams in the league. They got so many weapons offensively. Um, I, they're at, Again, they're at home. For good reason, this is a high spread. Usually, I stay away from a high spread like this. But also because it's an East Coast team going to the West Coast. You know, it, it is just the fact that the Jets are an East Coast team coming to the West Coast. It does not bode well for them. I think they have a. I think they're going to get whooped. Uh, and I think that Oakland should use this as a game and as an opportunity early in the season to pile on if they have the chance. And, and something's telling me the Oakland Raiders are going to have the chance to pile on in this game. I'm taking the Raiders by 20. So give me Oakland minus 13 and a half over the Jets. And speaking of East Coast teams heading to the West Coast, the Washington Redskins, uh, they are going to L.A. to take on the Rams. Now, the Redskins, they're looking to bounce back from a 13-point loss to the Philadelphia Eagles in Week 1, which was the, it, it was a Redskins home game. It was a home game for them in D.C. They, they let Philly come into the building and score 30 points. Now, something needs to be said about the Eagles. I think they're going to have a nice season. So, much like I told you, I don't think the Titans should be hanging their heads over losing to Oakland. I don't think Washington should be hanging their heads uh, losing to Philly. I really don't. So, I do think Washington's going to bounce back. And when you look at the Rams, the Rams are coming off a week one win over the Colts. And it wasn't just a, a win. It was a beatdown. The Rams whooped the Colts 46-9 on Sunday in L.A. The Rams, they here they are with back-to-back home games to begin the season. But I got some news for them. Kirk Cousins, Washington Redskins quarterback Kirk Cousins, he is not Scott Tolzien, or however the fuck you pronounce his name. So, uh, that was Indian, that was a quarterback for Indianapolis who was just brutal against the Rams last week as, as the Rams whooped the Colts. So, Kirk Cousins will provide a much more difficult test for the L.A. Rams defense in Week 2, and uh, I think the Redskins can go in L.A., and I think they can win this one by a touchdown. The Redskins are plus three. They're a three-point dog, as you would expect for a team. Just a, if, if you want to talk about it, two teams that are even, the road team is a three-point dog, okay. But if you forget about the week one performances, I do think Washington's a better football team than the Rams. I think they can go into L.A. and win this game by a touchdown. I'm taking the Redskins plus three over L.A. And then my fifth and final pick. For week number two, the Seattle Seahawks minus 14 over the San Francisco 49ers. This one is in Seattle. Another high spread, but another high spread for good reason. The Seahawks are coming off a 17-9 loss to the Packers in Green Bay. Um, now, the 49ers, who are going to Seattle here, the 49ers only scored three points in San Francisco in week one, it was a 23-3 loss to the Carolina Panthers in San Fran. That's embarrassing. Now, look, Carolina's a good team. I think Carolina's going to have a bounce-back season. But to only score three points at home, that's embarrassing. If you're looking to cure your offensive woes, here's what I'll tell you. Going to Seattle is not the way to do it. Going to Seattle is not the place where you are going to cure any offensive woes, especially... If you have the type of offense that only scores three points at home in week one. So this is, I think, going to be another ugly week for the 49ers. And uh, 
I'm predicting a blowout here. Now, I have questions about Seattle's offense, of course, but it's in Seattle. Nobody wants to play in Seattle, and it's against San Francisco. You know, I just think it's going to be one of those games where Seattle's mouth is watering heading into this one. They have a chance to pile on, which they should, and San Fran offensively, if they couldn't do anything at home against Carolina, how the hell are they going to do anything in Seattle against the Seahawks defense? They're not. This could be a turnover party in which the Seahawks create all of the turnovers. I'm predicting a blowout. Seattle, I'm taking the Seahawks minus 14 over San Fran. So my picks for week two in the NFL, going with Tennessee minus two, Pittsburgh minus five and a half, Oakland minus 13 and a half, Washington plus three, and Seattle minus 14. Those are my picks for week two. And once again, Picks Picks brought to you by Molinari's Pizzeria in Dorchester. And I teased my go-to order at Molinari's. It's the chicken palm sandwich, okay? We regularly go to Molinari's. Everybody here at Beantown Athletics, it's a, it's a regular occurrence. When we're running up the street, grabbing some lunch. And my go-to and a, a lot of the go-tos in this store, uh, when we do make, uh, when we do have a lunch break and we do get to Molinari's, it's the chicken palm sub. It's the chicken palm sandwich. You know how you get a chicken palm and it's just the messiest thing? That doesn't mean it's not good. You can have a good chicken palm sub that's messy. But wouldn't you prefer it to be good and not messy? Right? At least, at least I would. And uh, that's exactly what Molinari's gives you. My, my go-to is the chicken palm sandwich. you got to get in there and try it on Adam Street in Dorchester. And again, check out their entire menu right now at Molinari's Pizzeria. Dot com. When you do go in, make sure you tell them I sent you. So uh, just a, a couple quick thoughts here as the Picks Picks music stops and, and I'm wrapping up the show. This weekend, uh, it's a big weekend in the fight game because we have a huge fight on Saturday night in Vegas. I've been talking about this one for a while. A lot of boxing fans have been talking about this one for a while. Canelo Alvarez versus Gennady Golovkin, Saturday night, a middleweight championship unification fight. Right now, I am my prediction for this is I'm going with my guy, Gennady Golovkin, minus 155. He's the favorite. Uh, he's been the favorite. He's still the favorite. He will be the favorite when the bell rings for this one on Saturday night. I'm going with Golovkin. This is the toughest. People say, well, this is the toughest fight for Golovkin. Well, I get news for Canelo. This is the toughest fight for Canelo. Look, tonight, Canelo's fought some, some big-name fighters. There's no question. But he's never fought a big-name fighter that's as dominant, that has been as dominant, and is dominant with power, okay? With power punches. Golovkin's a knockout artist. And even though Golovkin got taken of a distance for the first time in his last fight, and he is getting older. Guess what? I still think Gennady Golovkin has what it takes. This is the fight he's wanted for a long time. This is the fight he's been trying to get. He finally has it. Canelo's younger. Will he look quicker? I have no idea. But Golovkin, I'm telling you right now, he's going to win this one. And he's going to win it by knockout, by way of knockout. Triple G, I'm taking him. Minus one. 55. Thanks for joining me on the show today. I'm here twice a week, every Monday and Thursday. You can get this show whenever you want at dannypicard.com. Also on iTunes, Stitcher, 
Google Play, TuneIn, you name it. Anywhere podcasts are available, you can get this show. Follow me on Twitter, at Danny Picard. Like my Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Danny Picard Show. I will be back on Monday to react to everything in the NFL, to react to everything in the Major League Baseball postseason race, to react to this fight, Triple G versus Canelo on Saturday night. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Talk to you Monday. <laughs>